Okay, before we get started with today's episode, have you heard the awesome news? Llama Life now has an iOS app so you can take it with you wherever you go. I have been using Llama Life consistently on my computer for a year now. A year! That's unprecedented. That's like a lifetime in ADHD terms. And now with the new iOS app, I'm able to seamlessly transition between my computer and my iPhone so that my favorite little productivity coach is with me whenever I need it. So what is so special about Llama Life? Well, for starters, it's not a fancy new calendar or planner or complicated productivity management system. It's a time-boxing, single-tasking program that easily integrates with your already existing organizational systems. If you're like me and you struggle with time blindness or maintaining focus throughout your day, then this is the app for you. I love Llama Life because it's simple, effective, and beautifully designed. And dare I say, it makes even the most mundane chore more fun and colorful. If you want to check out the iOS app for yourself, head to the App Store for a free trial and start enjoying that Llama Life for yourself. I really want to just ease people's pain <laughs> with my drawings, and that's why I try to make them so light-hearted and warm, I guess, because I know, I know the shame, I know the pain, I know everything that is behind our quirky attitudes, but it's deep. Hello and welcome to the Women and ADHD podcast. I'm your host, Katie Weber. I was diagnosed with ADHD at the age of 45, and it completely turned my world upside down. I've been looking back at so much of my life, school, jobs, my relationships, all of it with this new lens, and it has been nothing short of overwhelming. I quickly discovered I was not the only woman to have this experience, and now I interview other women who, like me, discovered in adulthood they have ADHD and are finally feeling like they understand who they are and how to best lean into their strengths, both professionally and personally. Hello! I am so happy to be back with a brand new episode. In fact, I have some incredible guests lined up for the weeks ahead. I cannot wait for the episodes to air, and I know you're going to love them. So make sure to follow along every Monday for brand new interviews with amazing women with ADHD. Before we begin, I would like to share with you this review from a listener named Sydney on the Apple Podcast platform. It's entitled, Finally Getting Great Info. I feel like I'm one of the few women who got diagnosed with ADHD at a young age, eight years old, and growing up, there was no information for me about how to traverse life being neurodivergent. It was just try harder, which as we know, does not work. I am so happy that not only is there a pool of information, but there is so much more support specifically for women with ADHD. I really started listening to ADHD podcasts this year and finally feel like I found my people. It is amazing to hear everyone's experiences and it gives me so many great ideas. I love your podcast and thank you. Well, thank you, Sydney. You are correct. There is more information out there now than ever before. So I am thrilled that this podcast has been helping you feel understood. I love that. And it's true. We never have a shortage of great ideas in our amazing brains. The problem is what to do with them all. Anyway, thank you again for that review. 
And if you are a listener of this podcast and you've been meaning to leave me a review and you just haven't gotten around to it, consider this a lovely reminder to head over to Apple Podcasts or Audible, or you can now leave feedback on individual episodes on Spotify. And if that feels like too much right now, and believe me, I totally get it, you can also just quickly hit those five stars. In fact, why don't you just pause right now and do it? I promise we'll wait for you. Okay, here we are at episode 161, in which I interview Alice Gendron, and I'm sure I butchered that, and my apologies. Alice is an artist and a freelance writer from Bordeaux, France. Her diagnosis of ADHD at the age of 29 changed her life, and it inspired her to help others. So if her name isn't familiar, I'm sure you will recognize the sweet little pink-haired icon behind her popular social media account, The Mini ADHD Coach. Alice started and runs the Mini ADHD Coach, an online social platform and community offering tips, advice, and a place to connect for over half a million followers, empowering those with ADHD and those who love them to thrive. Alice and I talk about her diagnosis and what led her to create her lovely little ADHD character and how that first little doodle has led to an immense platform, and her workbook, her planner, and now her new book, The Mini ADHD Coach, How to Finally Understand Yourself. We also talk about some of the stigma surrounding an ADHD diagnosis in France, and Alice shares how important it is for her to create content in other languages besides English, as we all expand our understanding of what it's like to live with ADHD in all countries and cultures around the world. All right, I know you're going to love this conversation. So here is my interview with Alice. Hi, Alice. Thank you for joining me. Hi, thank you so much for inviting me. So where where in the world are you right now? Because I assumed you lived in France, but then at some point I read that you were in Melbourne. So Yeah, it's a bit confusing for people, but I'm just living in France uh, as a French person person normal French person so yeah I'm, I live I live in Bordeaux actually on the west coast and I've yeah I've lived uh, a few months uh in Melbourne uh, like 10 years ago oh okay for some reason I must have thought that that was when you received your diagnosis and I was like but it was it was just one of the one of the things on your resume that yeah it's okay <laughs> one of the many jobs we tend to have right okay oh awesome all right well this is exciting because I feel like I have a lot of questions about the French attitude toward ADHD and uh but so let's hear about I would love to hear about how you were diagnosed because you were diagnosed in 2020 correct yeah yeah and so what was going on in your life that you started to put two and two together and think okay maybe what I'm experiencing is ADHD Yeah well I like to describe it as a, an adulting burnout uh you know I was just struggling so much I would say from 20 to to 29 uh difficulties in life just keep getting stronger and, and harder, you know, and, and more and more responsibilities and, and, and paying bills. And yeah, everything just got a bit um, too much to handle at some point. And um, I am a pandemic diagnosis like you, I assume. And yeah, so it was just too much. <laughs> I would say just, yeah, just too many, too many, too many struggles. And I just couldn't really cope really and i needed an answer you know it was like this need this 
visceral needs of of getting uh, some some answers uh, about just some insight on on the thing I was um, going through, and um, also I I, I had uh, a, a professional project that was kind of failing, and I was really struggling with self esteem because of that, and and I just yeah I needed something to not completely lose my mind so i i after a long months of of hesitation and doubt and wondering if if i were really legitimate um to ask for an assessment i finally had the courage to to make an appointment and it was a bit a big thing and and then i i waited <laughs> for a, a moment and uh, and yeah got my diagnosis at 29 did you see a psychiatrist? At this time, I, I was seeing someone. I was seeing a psychiatrist because, yeah, I, I went through difficult times in my life a few years before. Um, a lot of grief from, uh, I lost important people in my life. And, uh, but uh, at the same time, yeah, I was um, describing to him my ADHD symptom quite clearly uh, when I think about it now, <laughs> like listing everything. And I was like, I don't know, I'm struggling so much with this thing and this thing and this thing. I, I don't know why, what's wrong with me? And the thing is, in France, we, we have a different approach uh, on mental health and a lot of psychiatrists uh, really like to you know, analyze your life and your past, and uh, which is very important. But some of them, and, and uh, a lot of them, and especially older psychiatrists, are quite reluctant to make diagnosis. And uh, they try to make you work through everything. But Sometimes you you really need to to have a diagnosis. So this is not the person that diagnosed me because yeah, he should have seen that <laughs> it was ADHD. I mean, I was describing it for years with him, but uh, so I I I ask an assessment um, with another one, someone who was uh, younger and a bit uh, more in tune with uh, modern psychiatry. And uh, but I was diagnosed then uh, a few a few, a few months later so by a specialist so I had actually I have two diagnoses so, okay. <laughs> just wanted to be sure <laughs> right I know I always say I wish I had a card that I could keep in my wallet to remind me that I was actually uh, diagnosed by a professional because there's so so much of that self doubt um, and, and you know I think so many of us had that experience in the past where we were told that we were just depressed right or that we needed a good nap or like you said like let me start thinking about all the reasons why um, that it could be something else and we don't think of ourselves as hyperactive you know I d I didn't think I had an attention issue I don't even really know what that means <laughs> yeah <laughs> who knows <laughs> right and so uh, oftentimes we come with this long list of what is clearly like you said clearly ADHD symptoms but nobody in the room knows that that's what that is and so luckily, uh, it always feels like there's this one fatalistic moment where somebody recognizes it or some article or something like a light switch goes off. You're like, oh, that's what ADHD looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And especially in France, 
it's it's not really something we grew up with, especially for people my age, because um, ADHD wasn't really something we we knew about when we were kids, and uh, so I I didn't even know it existed before a few years or months before my diagnosis, and it was only because I was super interesting in psychology in general, and I was consuming content in English. And yeah, I never imagined that I could have that. <laughs> and But, you know, with time and seeing more and more women also speaking about their experience uh, on YouTube, for example, I started to relate more and more and uh, it started like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I France certainly has a reputation of not diagnosing ADHD, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, or at least being resistant, or like you said, just that there is a communication breakdown in some of the older practitioners versus this younger generation. But I often wonder if it was more of, it's just culturally more amenable to neurodivergence, right? So it wasn't like there would have been a time in which you would struggle less because it's a much more open environment or a much more open socially just more um, accepting of neurodivergent personalities. And it's like, as we have kind of progressed into a more modern Western society, those of us who struggle in nine to five jobs or project, independent projects, or a lot of the things that we find are creating this implosion of, you know, like that we're really struggling with a lot of those things are, weren't necessarily, you know, those are products of modern capitalist society, whereas I feel like France was always known as this wonderful laid back walk everywhere kind of (laughs) It just in terms of like, it's so different from the US in so many of the ways that felt like it would be more accommodating to a neurodivergent brain. Yeah, I I don't know, really. Um, I don't have the experience of living in in the US, so I couldn't compare. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I see, because I also have an account, an Instagram account in French. And so I have, you know, the feedback from my um, mostly US community and my, my mostly French community. And I see a lot of people, and especially a lot of women, are really struggling with uh, late diagnosis journeys. And yeah, so I... I, I, I I think it's different, but I think it's not really that much accommodating. And especially we we also have here really bad view on ADHD because for many people, especially maybe my parents' generation, it's really this big American thing that big American uh, corporations want to sell drugs to our kids. And so there is this, <laughs> and it's kind of difficult to go past that sometimes so there is a, a big um yeah uh, many french people are a bit reluctant to admit that adhd could be something real and just not just linked to big pharmaceutical uh, american corporation and yeah, it's it's a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> we are a weird country. <laughs> well, I think here too, there is certainly a, a lot of people who feel like it's made up or that it's an excuse, right? Like that this is really just you're just, you know, compensating for the fact that you're lazy or that you don't want to do it, all of those things. So 
It certainly exists here. Um, but yeah, it's always, I, I'm sorry. I'm like still thinking about how fascinating it must be to be able to compare in two different languages, the struggles and how they're existing for the two different audiences. That's so cool. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting because I have the same post, for example, about the same, you know, issues and, you know, the, the audience don't really respond on this in the same way. So it's, yeah, it's kind of uh, really interesting. And my book is coming out in French uh, next week. So it's very exciting too. Okay, so let's talk about the video ADHD coach, because obviously I follow you and have for a while. So I'm like, did you have any kind of platform before you started that account? What, like, talk me through the the timeline of this account that has just blown up. You were just like at home in 2020, like many of us. and Yeah, <laughs> basically. Uh, actually, this is Instagram account. Yeah, I created it a few years before I created the mini ADHD coach. It was actually um, my account for everything a bit artsy, all the artistic projects I, I had. And so it, it was an account I activated and, 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 and get back to like every six months, you know, <laughs> just cycling through <laughs> my, yeah, artistic experiments. And then, so, yeah, I had... The, I think 1,000 followers on it. Uh, and it was just basically uh, me just crafting and sharing with uh, with crafty friends on Instagram. It was a great community, by the way. And um, and so just uh, right after my diagnosis, uh, I felt super relieved, you know. Uh, but a few days later, I started to feel really down. And maybe it was because we were all at home also and, and it was a pandemic and I was um, going out of this professional project that was completely failing and it was, yeah, a difficult moment and I just needed to connect. <laughs> I felt so lonely. Um, so I needed to connect and I decided, okay, let's just doodle something. I'm always doodling anyway. So, and I just posted the first doodle saying, I have ADHD and it's okay, you know, with a little bubble and and I was so not convinced of this. At the moment I posted it, I, I think I was thinking just the opposite of that. I, I was not okay at all. <laughs> but um, I just needed to start a conversation. And, and, and actually it worked because uh, in my artistic community, <laughs> a few persons were actually just diagnosed or diagnosed earlier. And, and yeah, we started just exchanging about that and people who started saying oh you have ADHD yeah I have ADHD too I was diagnosed two years ago and then so yeah I just kept posting doodles because I had nothing better to do at this moment and yeah things blew up at this moment and it was yeah a wild ride and it was three years ago now and it's just amazing the community that we have now and People are just so kind and so warm and I don't know, it's just amazing. <laughs> 
This episode is brought to you by ADHD Online, the only online source I trust for clinically comprehensive evaluations and treatment for ADHD. With ADHD Online's one-of-a-kind assessment, you can start your assessment when you're ready, complete it on your schedule, and get your results from a licensed psychologist in three to five days. Not only will you learn whether or not you have ADHD, you'll also get information about your risk levels for anxiety and depression and other related conditions. ADHD Online believes that mental health care should be streamlined and accessible, so they offer their assessment at a fraction of the price you would pay for traditional evaluations and treatment. Get the help you need without breaking the bank or waiting months or even years for an in-person office visit. As a listener of the Women in ADHD podcast, you can save $20 off your assessment. Simply head to ADHDonline.com slash podcast and use code WOMENADHD20 at checkout. Again, that's ADHDonline.com slash podcast and use code WOMENADHD20 to save $20 when you book your assessment. You can find that link in the episode show notes. At ADHD Online, your comprehensive care is just a click away. This episode is brought to you by Loop Earplugs. Loop earplugs are my ultimate companion to a calmer and more focused life. If you're also an adult with ADHD, autism, or sensory issues, rest assured Loop earplugs are designed with us in mind. Whether you're at your favorite coffee shop or in your office cubicle or simply at home with your kids, with their advanced noise reduction technology, Loop earplugs gently lower the volume without blocking out the world completely. They're made from soft, hypoallergenic materials that are comfortable for extended wear. They fit snugly in your ears, ensuring you can wear them discreetly throughout the day. Plus, they come with a sleek carrying case, making them convenient to take with you wherever you go. Now that I'm in grad school, I love to use the Engage Plus loops whenever I'm walking around campus. They're specifically designed to reduce the level of sound entering my ear without completely blocking out all noise. My teenager loves her quiet loops for studying, and my son loves his Engage Kids loops for short intervals like riding the school bus or taking tests at school. As a listener of this podcast, you'll get 10% off your order when you visit loopearplugs.com slash womenADHD. That's loopearplugs.com slash womenADHD, and you can find that link in the episode show notes. Your life, your volume. There's that adage, like, if you want to learn something, you should teach it, right? Because that is like, it's like your ADHD brain at work as you're learning all this stuff about ADHD and then turning it around into instruction, you know, making something out of it in terms of an instructional. And, you know, I started this podcast too, because I was just, had just, I started the podcast before I was even officially diagnosed. And I was very nervous that I was going to find out that I didn't have ADHD. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like most of us. (laughs) Right. But I was like, oh no, but the whole starting the podcast about ADHD part is pretty clearly you have it. (laughs) Um, right. So you think about like these side projects that suddenly become this enormous, like all encompassing part of our lives. So it's like, you're doing the video, like it's, it's not just doodles anymore. This has been incredible what you've been working. Are you doing this on your own? What did you bring in a team? I'm like, it's dizzying to think about all you've (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) We have a team now. Uh, it's, it's amazing. That's a, uh, we were able to, yeah, bring more people in the, the team and just um, a lot of neurodivergent people. Uh, just, yeah, a lot of people with ADHD. We have a lot of people, um, yeah, just participating, animators and illustrators for the videos. Of course, I cannot do everything myself. And, uh, yeah, I just, I tried and, <laughs> you know, just, 
if at first that I tried and I decided I, I will learn to animate stuff and just, yeah, it will be okay. And no, it's not, it's not possible anymore. And uh, I, I also know myself better now. So I try to not jump into things so much and, 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 and try to, yeah, it, it's, it's also really great to be able to work with talented people and just let them do the thing that you want to do sometimes because, um, yeah, you, you don't have to quit what you're starting <laughs> a few days later when, when you just don't start. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just uh, incredible. And, and what is really important for me is, is to um, make the content in different languages. And that's uh, something I'm really invested in. And so we have the Instagram account in other languages, Spanish, Portuguese, French, and we are working on on the website and uh, YouTube. So I hope that uh, everybody can uh, just know at least that ADHD is a bit different from what we think it is. And uh, I think it's important to yeah create content in other languages. So because the English community is, is already so rich, um, but in some countries, you know, it's it's uh, they are still a few years behind on the awareness and. Uh, and so, yeah, I am just thinking about all the people that are still at this point where I was a few years ago and uh, just want to help them uh, understand that uh, they are not alone. <laughs> mm, right. And, and I think also being able to articulate what this looks like in very small like vignettes of our life, I think is what is so important and why I think like TikTok has been so instrumental to ADHD diagnosis is because it's one thing to just read a book or to see in the DSM, but it's another thing entirely to see, you know, just this one example of like, oh, this is what it looks like. And here, oh, I do that. Wait, everybody doesn't do that. Wait, this is part of ADHD, <laughs> like going through all of that. Like, oh, wow. Okay. But I'm sure like as an illustrator, is there, have you thought about what it is about illustration or the medium that seems to really resonate with so many of us? I don't know. I think that's in a way, um, you know, having these doodles can uh, make the experience I try to um explain and shows a bit uh, universal and I think it's it's easier for people to relate to a doodle that is just funny and, and really you know minimalistic in a way uh, than to someone because yeah it's it's everybody can see themselves in, in in the drawings and I was quite surprised um, how many men were actually sending me messages on Instagram and saying oh I just I relate so much with uh, what you are doing and um, they are often already diagnosed, but uh, oftentimes they just really don't know what is ADHD is. So they are still super happy to find content about it. But um, yeah, so I was super surprised because I'm drawing like a girl with pink hair <laughs> and and like like 50 something or 40 something adult men uh, with kids and all <laughs> are coming in my DM saying, oh, you know, thank you so much for what you're doing. It's just, uh, I, I just relate so much to your content. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I think, yeah, the drawings just give it, yeah, an, a really universal 
sense that yeah people can relate to well i think the character too like you said like there was just there's just a sense of like it's gonna be okay like she's very assuring reassuring and i think just like one of the things i have realized with the adhd especially when it comes to a lot of the things we struggle with in terms of executive functioning is like really a lot of the time, all we need is the acknowledgement and the validation that this is not a character flaw, that this is not something reason that you're terrible. Like sometimes all we need is just a sweet little pink haired girl to say, say, it's fine. It's totally fine. This happens to everybody and we're going to get through this. And I think that character is, you know, I think why, that character is so appealing as she really encompasses that like positive regard. Yeah, exactly. She's really a, a shame fighter, I think. And, and really, I think shame is a big, you know, it's, it's an ADHD killer in a way in the DHD or killer, because it's really the thing that we all struggle with. And, and it's so deeply in, in us, you know, it's so, yeah, there's a lot of suffering um, I, when I see the messages uh, and and the the comments on my contents. I I mean, I try to make things a bit light, but at the same time, in the end, yeah, we need to address the suffering that people with ADHD are experiencing because uh, it's it's not yeah it's it's really something extremely important and and. And there is this shame that almost all of us are living with. And in the end, I think I really like to, I really want to just ease people's pain (laughs) with my drawings. And that's why I try to make them so lighthearted and warm, I guess. Because I know, I know the shame, I know the pain, I know everything that is behind our quirky attitudes but it's deep i know yeah exactly right and it also it's not anything that's in the diagnostic criteria right i feel like i talk about that on the podcast too like how so many of us relate to the emotional elements of adhd when we're getting our diagnosis in adulthood right it is all of the deeply held shame around some of these things that you know struggles that we believe are in character flaws and it's unpacking all of that and it's not, you know, that's that's not how it's presented. It's like not often those aren't the questions that are asked of us in clinicians' offices. And it's sort of like so much of the treatment plan with ADHD is, you know, working on dismantling that shame. And how do we do that? It's not just like, here's your pill. See you later. Go, you know, pills help. Pills help a lot. But I think there's just so much more there in terms of our mindset and our self-concept and how we regard our who we are in these in the world too it's deep right and i think also like you were saying like when you are diagnosed there's that moment of like oh my goodness this explains everything but then it's followed by that grief right of that weight of looking back over the course of your whole life and thinking like oh i really struggled yeah (laughs) like i really struggled the signs were there all along um what is the life i could have lived like all of those questions that come with an adult diagnosis so first before you created the mini adhd coach book that is coming out in the u.s 
already? Is it? Yesterday. <laughs> Yay! Okay, exciting. Um, the congratulations. Thank you. But the, originally there was a workbook, right? Yeah, so it's different. Uh, it's completely different tools. Um, the workbook, I really created it because this moment right before my diagnosis, uh, <laughs> I, I don't even like to think about it again. It's just the doubt. You know, I often say that I was waking up convinced I had ADHD. I was like, of course I have ADHD. What? You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's so obvious. And by the time I was uh, getting to bed at night, I was no, of course I don't have ADHD. I'm just I'm just lazy. I just need to, you know. Um, it's obvious that I don't have it. You know, I had good grades in school. I just am no, I'm. It's not me. And and just experiencing this cycle every day for a few months before I had my assessment, and then the result of the assessment with my diagnosis, it was. <sighs> it was so painful. It was really difficult. And I felt so lonely. And I consumed so much content. And sometimes something I read or I watched on YouTube was um, really validating. And, and I felt relieved because I felt like I related and I felt I was legitimate to ask for an assessment. And sometimes, you know, you, you, you come across an article and it's just, it doesn't fit your experience and, and you're like, who am I kidding? Why, why, do I, why do I want to waste time of a, a psychiatrist just because I think I may have ADHD because I, I cannot pay my bills on time like a proper adult? And, you know, it's just... And in this experience, it was so, so frustrating and, and so painful that I, I really wanted to create something that people could use during this time just so they don't feel alone. And also because... Um, you know, I read many, many times the diagnosis criteria and, and the description of um, the different symptoms and, you know, the materials they gave you uh, when, when you do the assessment. And it's, you know, the description of the symptoms, they are just weird. They are just really weird. And they are just not logical. And, you know, I just wanted to create something that people could use at this specific time where they are waiting for the assessment and they are wondering if it could have ADHD and just feeling less lonely, feeling, you know, they can evaluate how the symptom can affect their life and, and write down, you know, the different memories and everything, you know, the thing that most of us do in, in a, a notepad and then on our phones and, and it's all just super messy and, and then, you know, the day before your assessment, you're panicking and you're thinking, oh, maybe I will just forget everything and, and I, I won't be able to answer the question and so I won't be diagnosed. And, you know, it's just so stressful this moment. So I just wanted to create this workbook to, to help people, yeah, during this specific moments, pre-diagnosis. So the workbook is really about that and it seems that, yeah, it, it's it's working well because it's actually even um, recommended by some psychiatrists who are really happy to see their patient coming in uh, with this tool because they see that you know they are organized a, a bit at least at least and 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 more confident, just um, a bit more peif peaceful and um, and yeah. So there is this. Uh, I made it like uh, two years ago, and now there is a book which is completely different 
just made for every everybody really because I think people who are diagnosed who are not diagnosed who are diagnosed maybe when they are kids and nobody really told them what ADHD is and how it impacts our life and also for people who are living with people with ADHD for teachers who have kids with ADHD you know so I think this is really a book for everyone <laughs> Right? I, I think that's fantastic. It reminds me of how important it feels to us to have like that at our fingertips, those reminders, because one of the, it reminds me of when I I got my bartending license when I was in my early twenties. And I was always really frustrated about the fact that I couldn't remember the ingredients to bartending drinks. Like there was like four or five I could remember that I did a lot, but I could not for the life of me remember because I didn't, I just couldn't. And so I always had to keep the bartender's Bible with me. And like, I, <laughs> and I was always felt like I was a terrible, you know, that there was something I was doing wrong because I couldn't hold all of this information in my head. But I feel like that with a lot of the stuff when it comes to just these little tips and tricks that work, right? Like we always are feeling like it's out there somewhere. I just don't remember, like you were saying, like there's some papers everywhere and disorganized. Like, like I just want things to feel organized. And I just want that feeling of having everything together um, that I can reference at all times. I feel like it speaks to that. Uh, but so how... Were you able to write a book with ADHD, I think is the big question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's a question I ask myself too. And also, you know, the thing that um, yeah, most people don't know is actually I, I gave birth like two months before the date I had to give my, my manuscript to my publisher. So it was intense. <laughs> it was really intense. And I, I, I actually don't know. I think I just, I learned so much about ADHD while I was, you know, creating posts and, and, and I was so immersed in everything and I binge consume all the content, you know, I could for so many months before starting to write the book that's, once I decided what the book would look like, you know, how it would be structured, I think, um, yeah, everything kind of really fell in place because I I, I knew everything I, I, I had to say, you know, in the book. So I really wrote it as someone with ADHD. Um, and I think it is that, you know, you have to be confident on the fact that you have more knowledge that you think you have some time on things because you just casually consume so many contents and so much content. And so, so we, we really sometimes really do have a lot of knowledge in some stuff. So when you have to make something out of it, I think if, if you have the good, you know, the right approach, it can be less hard than you think. It's still hard, but, you know, it, it's really intimidating. But at the same time, you know, if, if, if you manage to do it the right way, it's it's doable. And I think also because I'm really, it was super important for me, like to have super short paragraphs, really things like that, that were easy to read for the readers. But at the same time, I think it was also for me because, you know, it's, it's easier to write very short paragraph about something and then jumping to another thing. So really, I, I, I really just needed to 
go through every single item I had to write, but I, uh, I managed to, to do it in a really ADHD way. And yeah, it worked. <laughs> I don't know if I could do it again. but <laughs> All right. So, so first get pregnant. That's the first thing we do. Yeah. <laughs> do you think your pregnancy helped as a baby? Some of, at least having the deadline or knowing that you wanted to get it done or, you know, I'm just even like hormonally, sometimes we talk about like, when we are pregnant with ADHD, there's that feeling of like, everything feels like so clear, right? Because we have so much estrogen in our bodies. Yeah, I feel I felt really good during my pregnancy. And I think it helped, maybe. And yeah, it, it was the thing is, I, I, I really wrote the book right before and right after I gave birth. So it was, yeah, it, it was an experiment. But those memories I will never forget, and 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 for my daughter, it's 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 incredible that I will be able to tell her that, yeah, she was still in me while I was preparing the book, and now she's one, and yeah, it's just it's a nice story, <laughs> but I cried a few times. <laughs> it was really stressful, but it's done. <laughs> well, congratulations on both of both of your births. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey friend, if there's one thing I've learned about ADHD over the last few years is that we can thrive with the right combination of accountability, planning, coaching, and peer support. Knowing all this, I set out to create the ultimate all-in-one coaching and accountability community for adults with ADHD or learning disabilities. I knew I couldn't do it alone, so I joined forces with one of my favorite ADHD coaches, Alex Gilbert of Capable Consulting, and together we launched the ADHD Lounge. The lounge was created as a safe place for neurodivergent adults away from other social media, where we offer live group calls, co-working, and body doubling every weekday for accountability, focus, and skill development. We have weekly and monthly goal planning sessions to keep yourself on track. We also have one-on-one -on -one office hours with myself and Alex, and of course, friendship and lots of peer support. We have three different membership levels to meet you where you're at. So if you're looking for an affordable way to stay connected, productive, and accountable, while also having regular access to ADHD coaching and expertise, then make sure to come join me in the ADHDlounge.com. Again, that's the ADHDlounge.com. And as a listener of the Women in ADHD podcast, you can get 30% off your first month with the code PODCAST30. So head to the ADHDlounge.com and use the code PODCAST30 to get 30% off your first month. During the early days of my diagnosis, as I was deep into hyper-focus ADHD research mode, I kept searching for some kind of all-in-one, everything you ever needed to know about ADHD and women handbook that I could reference and keep at my fingertips, but I never really found anything that suited me. That's why I've taken everything I've learned about ADHD in women and adults who are socialized as girls, and I've gathered it into a concise, easy to access, self-guided and self-paced course so you can feel like you've got everything you need at your fingertips. It's called, Hey, it's ADHD, and it has everything you need to start loving your brain and living a more fulfilling, gratifying life. I built this course to be helpful wherever you are on your ADHD journey. I am so excited to finally be able to offer this course, and I truly hope this will help you develop a deeper understanding of your ADHD brain and how to embrace it as you build yourself a toolkit for your own life. So head over to womenandadhd.com and click on the Hey, It's ADHD course tab for more information and to get started. So in terms of like the website and the resource and everything, I guess I'm like, how do you keep it interesting for yourself? 
it's it's not it's not easy to yeah it's not easy but i work <laughs> no it's definitely not easy but because i have so many ideas of, of things i want to create and i want to make so many new things and i have to stay calm and, and just try to tame my enthusiasm a bit and see things a bit long term and and yeah but i i work with other people and i think you need to find people that are not like you <laughs> you know and and that are able to yeah do things that are difficult for you but for example for the website i i work with um, a writer she is also um she also has adhd but she likes to write and um and show so she's writing a lot of our articles and she's really really good at it but i i couldn't uh do it all by myself it's just uh just too much work but at the same time it's just great to be able to to meet people who have other talents and you know make a nice team with them and uh, we'll see where it takes us but uh yeah, I know. And like to think about how you've created this like little empire out of your ADHD diagnosis. Does do you ever like sit back and reflect on how that diagnosis has has led to this? Well, I don't have time for it. <laughs> you know, I have a kid. I have a one year old. <laughs> right, you're like, I don't have time for reflection. <laughs> I barely sleep, you know, so for reflection. <laughs> no, but yeah, sometimes I, I do, but I, I don't know. That's not the most interesting part, I think. I What's really interesting for me, it's, it's really to see, like yesterday I announced on Instagram my book launch and I made, you know, a post about it, reflecting a bit on the, you know, my story. And, and what was very interesting to me was to read the comments of people telling me, you know, what my drawings and everything had, yeah, what impact it had on them and, and, and you know, how they were able to get diagnosed after that. And, and, you know, just seeing so many lives impacted, that's really what's important to me to see. Yeah, I just, I just wish I could have, you know, got my diagnosis earlier sometimes and um so sometimes i just think maybe i help someone save a few years you know and and have their own diagnosis a bit earlier than if they didn't cross paths with my content and it's just it's quite it's quite a nice feeling <laughs> to feel useful i think sometimes with adhd as we struggle so much you know to bring project to life and keep them living and you know i i tried to to do so many things in my life i felt so useless so many times because i felt like i i couldn't really bring myself to stay consistent enough to bring value to the world and to other people and and i felt useless for a big part of my life and now i, I finally feel useful and yeah, it's the best feeling, really. I love that. And I, you know, sometimes I feel like maybe it's like it's easy for you to say because you've got it all together and you've got this website and everything and people don't really think about the 
trajectory of starting out with this one simple post, you know, three years ago, just being like, oh, I don't know. I'm just going to put this out there. It makes me feel better. (laughs) What advice would you give somebody who feels like they are so far from feeling useful? It's it's odd because... You're like, just read my book. (laughs) (laughs) No, not really, because I feel feel like I am so lucky, you know. Uh, A lot of it just comes down to luck, I think. And I just posted the right post at the right time. And, you know, the Instagram algorithm was really kind to me for a few years. And (laughs) so I feel really lucky. and, And I don't think I'm just doing something extra that people who are still feeling useless don't do and uh, I just feel their pain because I I know what it is and I'm sorry that I cannot solve this issue for them I haven't really figured out the way I don't think there is one way I think you need first to make peace with yourself, to try to fight the shame that you, you know, that you experience. And yeah, just try to be kind to yourself and, and, and yeah, work smarter, not harder. You know, it's it's really simple things that I try to teach in my book to not really teach, but just share. And because I, I don't feel like I'm really at the point of teaching, I'm still struggling with most of these things. And so yeah, I just maybe just come, you know, join us and and just don't be alone. That's maybe the only things, I, you know, maybe if you just are able to share your difficulties and your struggles. Just yeah, don't stay alone in in, in your difficulties. But it's 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 easier to say than to do, I think, especially when you are really struggling and you're feeling really bad. So but you're not alone. <laughs> mm, right. And what really bothers me is this is, is whenever ADHD influencers, and there's not, there are, they are out there, but the, when they kind of perpetuate this idea that there is some secret way of that we've all discovered that is making us successful or something, right? Like the, the, there's this secret out there that is going to make you this superpower um, and have this superpower. And it bothers me to no end that that sort of feels like, oh, buy this. And at the end, you'll you'll find the secret that the rest of us have. It, it feeds into this idea that they are somehow, that there's something that they're missing out on, right? And and it, I feel like it's so exploitative and it really bothers me because I, I wish I was being more articulate right now. But like, <laughs> I'm like, I just, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like it's not, there is no answer really like you said it comes down to how do i find my people how do i find the people who are going to validate me and acknowledge what i'm you know that i am a worthwhile human and how do i start to question the people who are telling me the opposite right who are who are telling me that i'm not or you know who who are leading me to believe that i am somehow a failure but i'm again you're like well that's easier said than done <laughs> But I think at the same time, like, uh, I think authenticity around the struggle and the fact that like behind every successful Instagram account is a human being who isn't sleeping or, (laughs) you know, is still struggling with a lot of this stuff. And how can we be both of those things? How can we hold on to both of those things? And as, as the reality of life, 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I completely agree with you. And you know, even diagnosis is not this magic moment, this magic thing that, I mean, it's really important. I say that in my book too. Is uh, you know, it's just a, such a big wave of different emotion, and a lot of them are really negative. I mean, you you'll feel probably super angry and and just resentful to people who you know, didn't show the sign to your parents, to your teachers. You know, when, when you look back to your school reports and you see, like, clearly they are describing an ADHD kid and you're like, okay, so this was 25 years ago. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. And, and, yeah, it's just so annoying. So, yeah, and, and so even the diagnosis is not this magical thing. Um, you will need to go through it, to digest it, digest this huge information you get about yourself. And yeah, it's not, it's not easy. And I think nothing is really easy when you have ADHD. That's why we need to find the easy way to do things, you know, especially because, yeah, we are facing so much struggles. Um, I think the main thing that I like to, to share is, um, yeah, try to find the easy way and try to avoid just working against yourself and just uh, find your, your easy way to do things and uh, choose the smart path, not, not the hard path. It's, it's okay. <laughs> you're, you're already doing so much. You know? So, yeah. So I think, yeah, but the thing is, nuance and, and, and complexity is not the biggest selling point. So, yeah, but in the end, I think I, I give tips in the book, but I think they are not the main thing of the book, really. The main thing is just to understand just how you work and, and how you behave. And that's your what you think your weird behavior are just, you know, normal behavior for people with ADHD. It's okay. It's just you have a different reference. It, you know, it it will be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything you said, I agree completely. Um, yeah, it is. It is. Well, that's so f wonderful. Now, so I, one of the things I love about the website too is how it does feel like this one stop shop for somebody. Right. And I love, there's the self test. There's so much free information on that website. It's amazing. It's an amazing resource. Um, and so then you have the workbook, you have the book, you have the YouTube, like, I feel like there's every way in which somebody might come to information. It's like, you've got it covered. It's incredible. We try. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, obviously it's like, you know, your ADHD, you couldn't have done this without ADHD, right? And I think that's what is always amazing when I see how this happened, right? Where it's like, when you see all of the work that's put into a website like this, like it's got ADHD written all over it. <laughs> <laughs> it's an amazing website. It's an amazing resource. Um, so thank you for you and the, and everybody who might be on your team. But then sometimes I always kind of find it funny when people talk about my team. And I'm like, there's not really a team. It's just me. Uh, <laughs> I do have a team. Okay, I, I couldn't do it. No, no, really. And, and they're amazing. And uh, thank you. Thank you, my team. <laughs> uh, do you have, no. do you know what you are going to be working on next? Do you have any plans for? 
the next project? Yeah, I have something, but I cannot talk about it yet. But um, it's a collaboration with another ADHD influencer, uh, if we have to call us uh, like that, uh, creator anyway. So yeah, it's really exciting. And uh, we'll talk about that uh, later. When you're allowed. Oh, that's very exciting. Well, fantastic. Okay. So, but other than that, I think, you know, I'll make sure that everybody, if they don't, I'm pretty sure everybody who listens to this podcast probably already follows the Instagram account, but I'll put it there in the show notes um, and the website. Congratulations on the book and everything and, um, and the baby. And (laughs) (laughs) that's so wonderful. And so it's also going to be released in other languages too, right? The book. Yeah, yeah, we have already almost 10 languages, uh, yeah, confirmed. So, yeah, I'm not able to really talk about it because, you know, it's the publishing world is really a lot of uh, shush. And and also uh, it will take ages to to be published in other languages. So so I'm not really allowed to talk about it yet, but uh, it's super exciting. We will have things, let's say, in in big languages for the American continents and, and also in Asia. So yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's, it's, you know, it's a dream to, to see your book translated to so many languages. And uh, I really hope it will help bring awareness to some, you know, in some countries it's, it's still completely unknown. So it's, it's just great. <laughs> I'm just really happy. Right. And to put a name and a a language to some of these behaviors, I think it's why, yeah, it's so amazing for people who might be struggling alone. Uh, Well, thank you so much for for meeting with me and chatting with me and telling me a little bit more about your story. I'm so excited to see the the person behind this, uh, the pink, my pink haired coach. (laughs) So thank you. I don't really have pink hair. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much. It was so nice chatting with you. There you have it. Thank you for listening. And I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Women and ADHD podcast. If you'd like to find out more about me and my coaching programs, head over to womenandadhd.com. If you're a woman who was diagnosed with ADHD and you'd like to apply to be a guest on this podcast, visit womenandadhd.com slash podcast guest, and you can find that link in the episode show notes. Also, you know we ADHDers crave feedback, and I would really appreciate hearing from you, the listener. Please take a moment to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or Audible. And if that feels like too much and I totally get it, please just take a few seconds right now to give me a five-star rating. Or share this episode on your own social media to help reach more women who maybe have yet to discover and lean into this gift of neurodivergency. And they may be struggling and they don't even know why. I'll see you next week when I interview another amazing woman who discovered she's not lazy or crazy or broken, but she has ADHD. And she's now on the path to understanding her neurodivergent mind and finally using this gift to her advantage. Take care till then. Okay, before we get started with today's episode, have you heard the awesome news? Llama Life now has an iOS app so you can take it with you wherever you go. I have been using Llama Life consistently on my computer for a year now. 
a year. That's unprecedented. That's like a lifetime in ADHD terms. And now with the new iOS app, I'm able to seamlessly transition between my computer and my iPhone so that my favorite little productivity coach is with me whenever I need it. So what is so special about Llama Life? Well, for starters, it's not a fancy new calendar or planner or complicated productivity management system. It's a time boxing, single tasking program that easily integrates with your already existing organizational systems. If you're like me and you struggle with time blindness, or maintaining focus throughout your day, then this is the app for you. I love Llama Life because it's simple, effective, and beautifully designed. And dare I say, it makes even the most mundane chore more fun and colorful. If you want to check out the iOS app for yourself, head to the App Store for a free trial and start enjoying that Llama Life for yourself. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.